Welcome to another episode of the Monochrome Podcast. Today we have a very special guest whom I've never actually had a proper conversation with other than brief spells all over Facebook today. We've got Cam from Loren. So do you want to just tell me a little bit about your band and what you do? So I uh, do vocals mainly, but I also um, I do a lot of the production side and mixing side and all that jazz. Yeah, kind of just whatever comes to my mind and whatever I want to kind of incorporate it's um normally I who instigate it so yeah it's the life of a front man isn't it oh I am the front man that actually does things for the band it's amazing yeah like help the drummer roll down <laughs> well that's too far yeah I really crossed that line there because you want to just tell me a little bit about you know the history of the band you know how you formed yeah so um we started off because uh, me and the bassist Johnny went to high school together. We pretty much the around the corner from where I live, and um, we've all he was the year below me, but like we were always really good friends. We were always kind of very into like music and stuff. Like at the time, it was quite like we were into like rock stuff and like the more new metal stuff. He was into like quite a lot of indie, but yeah, we kind of came together. The I'd say the turning point. I basically he was at Reading and Leeds Festival. And he was getting into heavy music at the time. And he was like, um, oh, Cameron, I need to see someone. And I've got like an hour free. And I saw the Dillinger Escape Plan were playing. So um, also uh, wearing a Dillinger shirt or hoodie. Basically, he went to see them. And from then, he kind of got obsessed with that side of music. And I was obsessed with that side of music. And we kind of came together and was like, let's make music like this. So we decided, hey, um, basically I have a little like home studio set up and we were just like let's make let's make some songs why not and we made our first EP Derive we didn't even have a name for the band at that point we just were writing music and seeing what like what happened and it was just got someone to kind of like hey let's think something into existence why not um none of us well Johnny was in a few bands before I wasn't in any so it was kind of new for both of us but from there, like, we just kind of made music and then we wanted to start playing live. And we had, um, so I was friends with James, who used to go to a lot of shows in Manchester. Um, so I used to run into him quite a lot. He's from Liverpool. It's a, like, he was from Liverpool, but he decided to move over to, um, he decided to move over to Manchester for uni. He goes, bim. So I asked him if he fancy playing guitar. Uh, Jake, the other guitarist, I was friends with him for years. Same time I was around like Johnny. He went to, like, it was weird because with high school, I technically went to two because with my high school, there was courses you could take, which you'd have to go to another like, high school to do. And I did music production at a different place. And Jake was um, a student there, not on the music production course, but he was a guy who ran into we uh, actually played a uh, Yu-Gi-Oh together as a little as a 10 year old kid like when we were well, not 10 year old but when I was in year 10 or whatever uh, we bonded over Yu-Gi-Oh but he ended up wanting to go into music so he was based in Manchester as well so I asked if he wanted to be on and Sammy with Sammy he was kind of a mutual friend of one of my friends basically the guy sent him uh, the first record and he really liked it so we asked him if we wanted to drum on or be the drummer for live and for the new records or whatever. And he was like, yeah, I'm down for it. And then we all came, we all came together and, and this is what it's been. It's not really changed from there. 
Well, to be fair, it sounds like you guys kind of found your your foundations pretty early on. Then, yeah, it's we're like we're all into like even though we're all into like different things, we're all quite similarly linked with a lot of things. So, well, for a band that's very much like, hey, artistic expression, do whatever you want. It's kind of it allows a lot of people to like, it allows all five of us to kind of dip our toes in and what we actually want to do. So I don't think we we could ever like break up for creative differences ever. So <laughs> you know, that's obviously a positive. Let's hope you just don't break up at all. Though. <laughs> hey, we released a split record. It's because we're splitting up. Split <laughs> <laughs> <Flat> EP. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's nah, that's really cool. Obviously, man. Like talking from experience, uh, I've had a lot of lineup changes, <laughs> and you know my projects or whatever but you know some people are just lucky and it sounds like you guys are like outside of the band you are just like mates so yeah well we were pretty much all good before the band the bar i didn't really know sammy but we all got on with sammy so yeah it's we all pretty we all knew each other and we're all decent with each other so yeah i guess I mean, I, f- I think that's really important, man, because, like, you know, you're in a comfortable, creative environment. And even when it's not a creative environment and you are just together, it's just sounds like your vibe and stuff. Yeah, for, sh- is for sure. Really important. That'll make touring and stuff, like, an absolute dream. Yeah, or, um, like, you hear the horror stories of, you know, like, you know, like Slipknot. So with Slipknot, there's just the stories of, I think it was um, the Iowa years, where they were on tours like for the entire year and they absolutely despised each other like um i think there was like a a stories of like clown or Corey like throwing stuff at each other or like i think it was like clown would take one of the bins and start throwing it at the guitarist or some 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 wild stuff yeah that's just the general chaos i slept not as a band really isn't it yeah i think i think they're all on good terms now so yeah, they're all yeah. men. I'd like to hope that they don't throw things at each other. <laughs> funny though, imagine like seeing Slipknot at the arena and then like uh, you just have Corey Taylor start like, you know, like the Ronnie Radke where he throws the mic stand into the crowd. If he if um, he takes one of the bins and throws it into the crowd, it's like, I think that's the next evolution of it all. Oh man, what I would give to see somebody from the crowd throw a mic stand back at Ronnie Radke. Oh, oh honestly. <laughs> Have you seen the video of um, the Slipknot cover band that um, I think they're playing um, Psychosocial or a duality or whatever. It's like, dun, 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 ding, dun, 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 dun. And there's a guy, basically they have the bats. And some guy from the crowd takes the bat, swings it, and then smacks it right in his head. <laughs> I actually don't think I've seen that. Oh, but it's yeah, beautiful. That not surprise me. It's beautiful. So, like, obviously, like, that kind of sums up how you met your bandmates and stuff, but how would you? <laughs> and this is a really funny question, because I know this is like a... How the fuck am I going to answer this one? How would you describe your music? Oh, okay. Uh... Pogcore? Right. Maybe. Yeah, UK podcore, first wave. (laughs) The tour also first wave UK podcore. As of like four days ago. As of four days ago, we have um, we created our own genre. (laughs) Um, So I call them the Remo. 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 I'm waiting for Spotify to um to name us as um escape room music. Like, have you seen the um the videos? I was like, the list is like, what's your favorite genres? Every time mine's just escape room is number one. I'm like, what the 
what's escape room? But um, anyway, um, genre-wise, so oh, genre-explaining yourself. So I'd say the main key ingredient of the spice is um, a lot of, like me and Johnny were, oh, like I said, there's bands like the Dillinger Escape Plan and like Every Time I Die and like all those kind of bands, Norma Jean. Uh, I'd say that's, it. take that and then throw in the more modern production and stylings that we've all currently listening to and throw that into, I don't know, throw it into, um, just take that, throw it into whatever is happening at the time, whether it's someone's listening to Brian Eno or someone's listening to Sophie or someone's listening to whatever we're listening to. And then that Some, like turns... mad soundscapey kind of stuff almost. Yeah, like... just... Go music crazy. For elevators, you know? Yeah, mu- yeah, music for elevators, music for escape rooms. Music for escape rooms, cool. <laughs> yes. Um, I'd say like I think I'm Tom from the Heavy AF show who I did an interview. He did um he actually said something really he actually summed up pretty well. It's essentially whatever we're thinking or whatever we're listening to and whatever's influencing us at the time, we're not afraid to just show it as it is. It's because uh, he, he felt that was the best way to, best way he saw that. And I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, well, well, yeah, actually, yeah, that's kind of what we do. But I'd never actually thought of it that way before. It's kind of just like, for example, there was the, um, with, the with our song Blue, I was listening to, I was, well, I wouldn't say heavy listening to at the time, but um, I was a massive fan of an artist called Sophie, which she sadly passed away um, early on this year. She makes very like, experimental pop music imagine like death grips but it's for pop like she's quite famous for making um working with like charlie xcx and stuff and i was really into her like music and i was like hey you know what i found like a sample pack of hers where she did like a lot of like vocal one shots or like weird soundscapey stuff and i was like wouldn't it be really cool if i put this in a song and that would that's the like like the uh, 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 in blue and i'm like because i it's, uh, it's just something that influenced me and wanted to have a go and i feel like um that's always been how it is with the band whatever's there at the moment whatever's there at the time and we're feeling we're feeling that way we just go for it do so, you think your like obviously your music production background and stuff helps a lot with you know, the, just the general process and functionality of the band. Well, yeah, it helps quite a lot. But the good thing is as well with all of us is like, I'm into music production. James, I've been teaching him up about it and he's fully into it now. Uh, Sammy, he does a lot of like drum and bass, ambient. He does all the ambient, the soundscapey stuff, the last two records. So we're all kind of know our stuff about production. So that's I'd say in terms of like just the production world has helped the band immensely because as soon as we have an idea, we can immediately just make it and then we can work from there. That's I think that's just how we work essentially. We just work yeah, with mean, whatever. I've seen that like uh, you're generally quite outspoken about you know the concept of DIY and stuff, and uh, you probably laughed at some of the memes and stuff I've shared about it because <laughs> like you see some bands are like, oh yeah we're DIY whatever and they're, they're just they're fucking not. Yeah. Like you guys are like literally. You're signed to a label, so <laughs> shut up, Onikit. Now, there's, there's oh, yeah, some bands like, that the, the independent article that I shared the other day, like the cover of it was the fucking 1975 and industry plan, a band who have literally been refined Oof. and refined again by a major. I've, label. I've um, like, I know I've heard something about the 1975, which is interesting. 
I was told um, by a source that one of the first ever fundings they got as a band was from a football player. That's that's nuts. <laughs> yeah, so apparently, like, some football player watched them, really liked them, and wanted to fund them, and yeah, and that's apparently how they um they were able to. Uh, I don't know what they used for funding, but like I heard that just through like the rumor mill of things, and you kind of it's just weird to think it's like how like you know the NFT movement thing that's going on right now where people are selling NFT music and so it's weird that people are like like the really rich people are just like hey we're just gonna sink our money into this and uh, not get anything back off it we're just yeah. It's, it's, it's weird. Sorry. <laughs> I wish um I wish um some famous rich dude decided to um print um our entire catalogue on vinyls. That would be really nice. Um someone should definitely do that if anyone um, with over a million pounds is watching this right now, you know. Mate, I'm gonna tag Elon Musk in this as soon as I distribute it, you know. Like yo, Elon, you like weird shit. <laughs> this is weird shit, right? Just... just fucking Get the checkbook yeah, out. I've, um, I'm invested. Grimes doesn't even like you anymore. Invest <laughs> in a new artist. Oh, uh, marry. Marry can. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna message him. Be like, uh, "Yo, I have invested in so much Dogecoin. Can you please?" <laughs> <laughs> Mate, let's we just hit him up and be like, "Notice me saying hi." Bet he fucking replies. Oh, he would. Bet he replies. He seems like the guy <laughs> who would. <laughs> Honestly, I'm just about to say, have him a Yu-Gi-Oh battle for his money. Oh. Absolutely so we um i think i made like a Yu-Gi-Oh post about like um made a Yu-Gi-Oh post on facebook and i f- i think it was either liam or william i think the vocalist of better what is liam lewis i don't know i've only met him once in my life but i know him over facebook but i know liam um liam's the uh, guitarist yeah guitarist yeah um i think i, f- I think it was liam um, he commented, I was made like a, I can't wait for us to tour or play shows again. Our merch desk is going to be a, um, a, a we're going to have duels on our merch desk. Going to get my deck and we're going to gonna go for it. And um, <laughs> yeah, I think it was like, a, uh, Liam was like, we're going to have a bit of wood versus luring Yu-Gi-Oh duel at your merch desk. I'm like, bring Man, it. The, the, the weirdest thing, like, um, you know, obviously I did an episode with Better Wood and it's fucking great because they're one of the most yeah. exciting bands in the uk oh for sure because like, you look at their visuals and it's like they're not pouring thousands of pounds into the i'm fucking jealous by the way <laughs> they're, not <laughs> they're not pouring thousands of pounds into like the visuals but it's just hitting yeah, it's, a sweet spot it's for fun. a lot of people that, that was it's fun it's great. like um yeah, it's like I remember one of the things was one of the, I, I can go on about actually we'll go on to diy actually because there is actually this actually leads into something I was going to tell you. So um, basically, me and Johnny, who obviously the bassist Lur and the guy I started the band with, before we started the band, we went. We were into a band called Blood Youth. If you know Blood Youth, I, I know Blood Youth. Yeah, I've heard. Yeah, they were releasing their album, and they were playing a show in Leeds. And we were like, me and Johnny were like, yeah, we'll, we'll go to it. We'll go to it. It's gonna be sick. Would you believe that bill at Leeds? There was Blood Youth. We were headlining, loathe on main support, and holding absence opening. Oh, fuck, man. That is a, that's a lineup. That must have been around about the time that holding absence and loathe did the split EP, probably. It was before. It was only, it was when they dropped, um, it was only a few weeks after they dropped the Cold Sun. Fuck. So, um, <laughs> anyway, this goes back to the story about DIY. So, um, 
me and it was the first time I saw Holding Absence and I was blown away and same with Love, I was blown away. And um, basically what happened at that show is Blood You've started, they got into four songs and then some kid broke his leg and an ambulance was called, they had to stop the show. Me and Johnny were sat towards the back and we were with a, met some guy at that show who was mates with Lucas. And um, basically, Luca, like, we ended up just chatting and we're like, hey, how you doing? And we're talking about, like, I think it was like Frank Carter or something. So when he was talking about, like, how, like, the DIY, how DIY, like, holding absence were, like, the music videos and everything to do with that and just kind of going, like, hey, we need to, like, if we're, like, if it's the best way to be, just do everything yourself. You get it. I actually do remember, oh, sorry to jump in, but, like, um, the first double single they did was actually DIY. Like, I, I remember listening to a podcast ages ago and it was like, they, they were like recording the original ideas for like the first singles before Lucas even joined, and they obviously had a line up before that. And Faisal used to yeah. be in them, and they were literally just recording it in their uni accommodation or yeah. something like that. And then they did, they did the video with a camera, so that much is true. Yeah, it was a DIY so release. I remember time. him speaking to us about it, and this was before the uh, before we started the band, and we we're kind of figuring out what, what, what we're gonna do. And then he was he was one of the first people that properly opened my eyes to hey, you can do everything yourself you know and I was already like a producer at the time so I was like well we could we could you know so um that all that so even though we sound nothing like holding absence holding absence are actually an influence on this band which is uh I mean you look at Lova as well, like, um, they do a lot of their stuff themselves, like Faisal's an absolute wizard with Faisal's, yeah. Eric, amazing producer, and I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure Connor's yeah. a producer, um, from... I'm pretty sure you produced my friend uh, James, like, from Starve. Oh yeah, yeah he's worked with Starve to Survive, I think it was Eric who worked on the first Starve to Survive record, one of them. I know a lot of bands who are produced by either Eric or Connor. Yeah, Faisal's just a photographer yeah. and videographer and stuff. From what I believe, I think I think Eric did the first two Love records and then George, is it Lever? George Lever, George Leveller. G1 Productions. Yeah, G1, it? yeah. He did, talking. Yeah, he's, kind of stuff. he's got a hell of a discography on him. It's like, how can you drop two really like out like how can you drop two album of the year contenders back to back? It's crazy. It's got a really cool production yeah, style, like, but he did an um nail the mix video on oh, why, I've have you seen why he won't ever disclose sleep tokens? Uh yeah. It just seems like a really likable but it doesn't yeah. Make... I've done um I do have mail the mix, so I actually have I actually gave I gave a go to New Faces in the Dark when he was on and um like it was after, after the nail the mix happened. But um, I was just like, oh, what? I wonder what happened if I sounded like Loaf. And um, it was just like when you, because one of the things, and this is kind of like a producer thing, and this is a tip for all you new producers out there. It's all, I feel like the most intriguing, important thing about production is knowing what people are thinking or wanting, like, like what's on the screen. So when you look at like a Loaf session, you think, ah, oh, I'm influenced by Love. I want to see what Love do. You can look at them, like look at their stems, and you can see like 18 tracks of like production that isn't even the band where it's like claps and like atmosphere and silent hill noises. And there was actually one track that was literally called Silent Hill. 
on the topic of that though, right, you know that whole kind of I guess PS2 style almost horror game, like pretty sure Eric produced the first static dress single. Could yeah, he did, from what I believe. Um, I'm not too like I am familiar with static dress, but I'm not really. I don't really follow them that like that much to know a lot about them. So. I, I love them, like, just because they're marketing on its own. I've, I oh. don't think I've ever seen a band execute Yeah, I've, um, changing yeah, the I've never had a band pretty much assault my emails like they have. <laughs> in, oh, like, the that, best way. Like, in the best yeah, way, yeah, but like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, that last live stream they did before they went quiet, like, they had, like, QR codes during it to scan it just flash on the screen it take you to a dropbox folder and then in that dropbox video there would be like another <laughs> qr code that was the sending people the <laughs> there was so um much. i saw the set because johnny our bassist, is a really big fan of them and i saw them do a um a one of us is the killer cover which is the dillinger escape plan and i yeah yeah that was a really good cover i didn't i didn't i sadly wasn't watching it um but I was just like, wait, they're doing a, they're doing a Dillinger cover? Okay. <laughs> Wild. Because you don't really you don't really see that anymore now, especially as like Dillinger are no longer a band. But yeah, I, I think I've seen you on a few polls and like certain groups and stuff like um whereas, oh, the you know, low yeah, yeah, the right. low one where I absolutely flipped my, I flipped when um, so like Kadim versus, and I, I'm not massively familiar with the, the Dillinger, but I just I see you in the comments, I'm like, oh no, I can't, I need to no, stay me away and, from this. Me and me and Johnny, when we saw that, were like, no way, no way is a no. I think it was the the biggest crime that was committed was I think it was like Courtney Laplatte beat Mike Patton. I love Courtney. Courtney is amazing, but Mike Patton is like. Didn't oh. Vessel beat him as well? No, I, mean, oh, I think it was Vessel. Vessel. I think it was Courtney Vessel. beat Greg. Yeah, Courtney beat Greg. Uh, Greg, the vocalist of Dillinger, and that was that was robbery. That was that was charged assault. That was oh, it was. Man, all I'm saying is right. I can sing along to like pretty much all the queens on the Sleep Token record, and if I can do it, this was great, very unique style. But oh. if I can sing along to a full fucking record by you, pretty much, then bro, you're not in the same ballpark as so yeah. Many I was gonna say if oh uh, yeah, it was like Vessel versus Mike Patton. That was the one, and I'm like, Mike Patton is insane. Like, I'm not really a fan of Faith no more. I get it, but it's not really fun. But um, he was in Mr. Bungle, and Mr. Bungle is like the most insane. It's like Red Hot Chili Peppers on crack. It is amazing, and these he was also on a Dillinger EP. So I'm I'm biased, but uh, <laughs> but it's just I I wouldn't say he's a direct influence on me because I would I I I, I can't even get close to anything he does. Yeah, he's just, he's definitely someone you, I, I feel like if you're a vocalist, you have to, you have to kind of go out and you have to go out one day and think, okay, let's see what this dude is and let's see his approach to everything and see what, see what's going on. Cause it's, he's, it's just wild. He's, he's regarded in like the alt rock, like the old school alt rock scene as like, he's like on the same pedestal as like a Chino in a way. So like how Chino has a very weird way of, doing vocals and whatever 
but yeah, Very definitely. Unique. To be fair, I'll say that obviously applies to Vessel as well. I think the thing with like Sleep Token is like they found a gap in the market that needed to be filled and they did it perfectly. It's yeah. like Gent and Pop. Oh, that's yeah. Pop just fused and nobody was doing it like them. Bands like Issues and stuff were kind of doing it, but they were doing like a more, I guess, soul pop kind of twist. Yeah. On it, you know? Whereas like Some... that's just like emo pop. Yeah, someone really was out here and thought, you know what would sound really cool? All right, let's take, uh, let's take, like, drop e-breakdowns and put Sam Smith over them. Literally, have you Smart. seen the amount of theories about people who are like, is it James Arthur? Is, is it, it Bastille? Smith? Yeah, is it Bastille? And you're just like, no, it's probably not anybody like uh, I, famous. It's probably just it's, some dude with the voice of a fucking angel who's just been like, ah, uh, it's. Yeah. It's it's been ruined to me, but ah, uh, I wanted to. I did a cover of um. I did a cover. Like I did a vocal cover of um. Night does not belong to God, or night does belong to God. One, one, the first song of Sundowning. Yeah. And I, I looked on the instrumental, and on the instrumental it had a credit. It had credits. Oh, bro. <laughs> yeah. Oh. It. I was uh, no, because I was out. I was trying my hardest to never know who they were. But then I saw writers, and I'm like, oh, uh, if I see the, if I see that name on Facebook, I'm not gonna forget it. I just I, I just am not. Thankfully, I don't know who the dude is, but the fact that I now know that person's name is by uh, proxy uh, of a YouTube uh, instrumental of someone doing like a karaoke version of it. My God! Like, oh. oh fuck me! I've seen that fucking karaoke version as well. I'm so glad I haven't seen anything because I'm yeah, just, just don't click it, just don't click it. It's oh it's so hard though. <laughs> yeah, dear um everyone who's watching right now, if you don't want it ruined, just don't even just don't because I, I know most people are like Wait, uh, sleep token? What's a sleep token? What is a sleep token? It's a vessel. Yeah, no. yeah. <laughs> have you seen um have you seen the festival they're on? Which one? <laughs> There's a festival they're on, which um which is head is being headlined by Playboy Kai. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, I don't think I have seen. So, that. it's like <laughs> I think it's like called Alt Fest in like London. It the headlining, the headliner Shit, is I Playboy. Know, I know the festival. Yeah, yeah. Playboy, Carty, Ski Mask, Architects, Sleep Token. It, I I I I generally just couldn't see it. I'm like I can see Ski Mask and Sleep Token at the same show. Yeah, like, I wonder if he walks about backstage with the fucking mask on. <laughs> Amazing. Oh god, we just went down a sleep token wormhole. I, oh, I, I don't think I've ever actually interviewed anyone who's like into that side of the music scene, to be fair. So that's probably why yeah. it happened. But like on the topic of that like kind of stuff, and obviously working with other creatives, like we mentioned like George Lever and all that kind of stuff. Is there anybody who's like externally involved with Wurin, or is it literally just you guys? Because that's really interesting. And if so, like is it something you've considered like I know you're very much like, you know, you want to do as much of it yourself. It's like, it's, yeah, it's you guys. But like, is there anybody you're just like, I feel like we could take a step off or whatever if we work with this person or, you know? I'd say the closest people that we have that kind of work with us, but it's still technical, it's still all of us. Um, we, we like to work with, with like photography and sometimes with visuals is, um, our friend Alex from Black Box Photoco, he is one of my like best friends, and 
we've always felt like he's had like the perfect i like visual idea for the band like whether it's like gig photography or small little bits that he might do so we always feel so he helps us out quite a bit he did the blueprints video and he pretty much does all our photography we have hattie who did all like the merch designs for us we kind of wanted to be we kind of just wanted to kind of be the same person who does a lot of the things so because then it's more consistent that way and then other than that we have andrew who's doing our pr at the moment um for he works for a company called brogue pr he's we've always kind of suffered from not having good pr so uh we were just kind of looking into a way to like deal with that and because even like in terms of, like a diy sense for us we've always been like hey we want to just be creative the creative side of diy and want to book our own shows what i do do you think this, you guys kind of just like almost hit a wall where you're like we're doing everything here but we're not really reaping n- yeah, not the rewards but you know what i mean like is, is there like a part of you that wants to be like i want this to be not even accessible but you know a little bit more like out there for everybody like, i want more people to be yeah so there is that there's a million percent that that's the struggle with diy but a lot of oh it's mainly came because of, like because of the circumstance we are in now because in, in my mind in, at least if we put out that record where if, if we put out our full length when we had shows i feel like we'd be perfectly we'd be on we'd be at a level where we feel like okay we can use the momentum from the show and like we use the momentum for the record to get on shows play like play our asses off and then we go from there and that kind of like i was recording a band today and the drum was going on like all oh, the bands and like our oh, scene just need that buzz in it you need the buzz of something like a buzz of a single or a record or hey this band did this that band did that and then maybe you want to see them live or maybe the buzz was created during a live set or whatever you're kind of looking for that like kind of looking for that yeah, like that gripping moment almost not like yeah but some like a talkative moment it's like something to get people talking about you which because we only had we dropped a record and even though that record did really well we kind of felt like oh if if we did shows if we did this it'd be better yeah so we just kind of decided given the circumstances and how we are we have now it's really hard for us to get music out especially as uh it it doesn't help that i um decide that i am wanting to create new things every month you know, um, like a movie, though that did actually fall in very well. I still can't believe I pulled that off, if I'm being honest. Um, oh, I remember watching it. I must have watched it like two in the morning or something. I was just thinking, oh, fuck, Donnie Darko is staring at me right now. <laughs> Goat mask person, help. <laughs> Fucking blue Donnie Darko's in the coat. <laughs> That is my sleep paralysis demon on my fucking TV screen right now. Ah. I've got to say, though, I was very impressed. It was such a, just oh, a fucking, thank you. you know, it was just a really intense experience. I'm sure that was intentional. Oh, was just... million percent intended. <laughs> we always want to kind of make something intense. We're always like, as I said, like going back from before, I'd say the main thing we'd say is about ourselves, like genre-wise, we're a chaotic band. We're, we're very noisy and chaotic. And I kind of, I've always kind of been obsessed with capturing the, you know, in like a Tarantino film, main like Inglorious Bastards or like um, Django Unchained, where there's those really, really intense, like, 
like it's just a fucking build up of just intense and it just drives someone insane i've always been obsessed to try and get that in like an audible like an audible form of things and i still want to kind of and then as soon as i'm like hey i could do i just thought like i could i had some ideas and i was like i could do this visually ah all right go on i'll give it a go um how that came together actually was um there was a few videographers who were selling like it sounds weird when I put this, but it's stock images, like stock videos. Very cinematic, very weird stock videos. And there was this one dude who did the, um, he did quite a lot of stuff, which I felt was like, hey, this could actually, this could go really well with this. And then essentially I was like, oh, I'll buy it off you. And then I put them all into Premiere Pro and was like, all right, let's make this vibey as hell. So much vibes. And then cut it all up, make it do so it works with the thing and go for it. The The one thing I'm excited for, though, is when we can actually properly get out and actually record and properly do stuff, because I've been I've been wanting to do that for ages, really. I wanted to make something completely uniquely. You know, I was actually, must have been about six months ago or something, you know, when I was first kind of eyeing up the prospect of getting into, like, visuals and stuff. Like, this mm-hmm. is the planning stage right, before I even picked anything up. It's going to my band, I'm like, I really want to make a movie. Like, next record, I want it to just be a continuous, like, a movie. And then you did it, and I went, oh, fuck. Is it, oh, fuck, <laughs> oh, fuck, he's done it first. I, I literally, <laughs> this is my guitarist. After watching it, I was like, you seen the Lou Ren movie? He's like, um, I saw some of it. I haven't finished it. I was like, they, they, they did it. They did it first. I'm, I'm hanging the bits off. I'm retiring. I'm a podcaster for life. Fuck this. Now that I'm sorry, that is really cool. To be honest, the thing that amazes me is that not more bands have done something like that. It's like, dude, it's so easy to get stock footage in a video editor or like. You know, even just a camera and just doing something like good. Yeah, you can. You it's can all right. anything. And as creatives, can you believe millions and millions of creatives have been like making stuff for years, trying to crack the code, and nobody's been like movie for an album, <laughs> fucking movie. Oh, there's um, there was a few, but I like I was always obsessed with like visual records. Like with the visual records, they're quite like I either like really ambient, droney stuff. So I always forget who they are. I'll probably have to send. I'll probably have to send you some, and I can. But there's always like I've I've known that there's stuff like out there, which is basically music for a film, essentially. But the, the music's kind of like the most important part of it. Like, so um, I guess even like MGK new... just did it. <laughs> like that new um, Love record, the the retro album of fucking Soundscapes, man. Like... I was going to say, even Machine Gun Kelly did it with his last record. He dropped an entire movie for the pop punk record that he did. He made it like a super cheesy, like oh, yeah, high school. Oh, yeah, my downfall. Yeah. yeah, he did a whole film, film by it. So, like, it, like, people do this. And the, the last Lad Dispute record, like, that was kind of like, like, like midnight gospel vibe imagery, you know, it's almost oh, along I, those lines, you know, it was like yeah. cool animation. Yeah, I do uh, love it's like a dispute. Immersive media, I guess, uh, would be the right term. Like something that's not just yeah, like, with midnight gospel. It's not just a podcast. It's a podcast and a fucking weird, wacky cartoon. It's like yeah. these bands doing like you know cool visuals to go with their songs. It, oh. that isn't just a video. It's like it's immersive content. 
yeah, if you want to go that far, like gorillas, their entire band is a cartoon essentially, or like a comic book, really, because the other person who's not Damon Alburn is a comic book writer. So, I mean, you'll like this one, um, Dance Gavin Dance. Oh, I love Dance Gavin Dance, yeah, so exactly. Swancore, you know, uh, they um, our photographer Alex he got a book about the um, the lore of Dance Gavin Dance. They yeah, released it's like a young a, robot comic, yeah. Like, so good man like just that band are amazing it's a it's just a shame johnny craig was a part of that band we'll just pretend he wasn't yeah I mean, he doesn't exist thank god kurt travis was though because he was, oh, he was I, I, man, like. that era was oh that I, I all right it pains me because i don't know which era i prefer i don't know if i prefer tillions because tillions is the most consistent or kurt because oh kurt's voice oh I, I think it's okay to not prefer any of the eras because, I mean, don't get me wrong, Johnny is not, not a great person at all. Oh, just, oh, it, it pains me because he is... Such a good vocalist. Oh, he is. It's painful. It's painful. I feel guilty listening to early Dance Gavin Dance because of that I just exact up, reason. I, like, I literally just go, oh, fuck it, three city sessions it is. I got into Dance Gavin Dance and I didn't know that much about Johnny Craig when I got into Dance Gavin Dance and I listened to like Lemon Orange Thai and like uh, they told me that they invented time, uh, Time's New Roman. Oh, oh, That's the one, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, I was, and I'm just like, this is amazing. What? And then I look into it, I'm like, oh, ah, well, I've listened to it now, so I can't I can't take that back. Yeah, <sighs> try doing that and then getting into Slaves and then getting into Emma Rosa. Oh, I'll, um, <laughs> and then being... I'll give you one better. I'll give you one better. Try getting into brand new. <laughs> I, I did suffer that. Yeah, I, it was... I started getting into brand new literally months before you got Oh, it. it's that was oh. just uh it's just wild. That was um that one yeah, a I'm lot just... of people like I've never seen so like because they were like they were peaking. Yeah, they just released them. Yeah, they just released what, what is the album? Science? Yeah, they released that and then they said that was the last album ever. Before they even had the chance to properly break up, all the stuff came out about um, Jesse and then done. That's the scene for you, man. It can oh, be a very, it's... very horrible place. Yeah. Just got to keep trying to make it better, I guess. Go yeah, on. got to. Oh, um, I, um, I have been joking with my friends um, who were in Primordial Swarm saying if... Um, there won't be a scene if I cancel all of it, so um, that's oh, going to be uh, so. Uh, that that's the plan. Um, lure it if uh, if we flop five records in, then I am going to completely cancel every band in existence. Five records in, I don't even plan on making it to three, bro. Kidding, <laughs> for legal reasons and the fact that my bandmates might be listening. I am joking. Come on, album five. Go straight to album five. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, Promo. Just go to album five. We're just skipping it. It's like we're going to like we're dropping our fifth record. Like what? what? <laughs> Where's your debut? All right. Where's the first four? All right. Our first. Like you could say it's like the you know the thing Fred Durst said about Limp Biscuit, where he's like, "There's a new Limp Biscuit record, but no one's found it yet." That is. Just say that about your first four records. Be like, no one's found it. I mean, we we're, basically... we're dropping our fifth. <laughs> Mate, you know when somebody like hit like someone who's like following since the start and they're like, yo, where's Weathering Fade? I'm like, Weathering what then? <laughs> 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 like we get caught, we, we'll get like comments on our new music video and like, 
hi, could you please put your debut album, Weather and Fade, on Spotify? And I'm just really like, no. <laughs> I'm just no, like, please. it's been banished to the depths of Bandcamp where you can find the first Downsides record as well if you really <laughs> want them. You can listen uh, to them together and know that we've both grown up and no. <laughs> okay, just, they can remain on Bandcamp. You want to listen to them? Go find them. Otherwise, I'm going gonna, gonna to drop a hundred on it right now. <laughs> we've never like i don't think we've ever sold a record right like because we don't typically put our music on bandcamp because we we are just adhering to the streamer yeah that's it's the opposite for us we do so much better on bandcamp than we do on spotify we made um all right we're gonna do some counting real quick not not talking about the thingy but we're talking about so we put a promo code up on bandcamp for the split records so we just let, we let people be like, here you go, here's the split record for free, have fun. And we're able to get rid of, or we're able to do 22 of them, mm-hmm. which is for our side, and that's, and for our side, and we had quite a few people like pre-order it. We just kind of like pushed it and we've realized that like, hey, if we really pushed the bar band camp over every other, like, we don't get, we don't get streams off Spotify. We don't get streams of Apple Music. We may as well just go with the band camp then. And then, like because of how Bandcamp works for us and how it's worked for artists who are in a similar ballpark as us, it's actually turned out to be better. If that's a, if a band like is centrically focused on Bandcamp, I think it can be huge for them. There's quite a few that like you like the people who do like if you know if you do like records and you have like the Bandcamp exclusive, like you sell tapes through Bandcamp. They they sell like hotcakes. We've not done it, but. I've had like friends of friends bands who've done it or people who are in like the US mathcore scene who I'm which I'm like quite decent with they'll have like 20 Spotify monthlies but then they'll put 50 tapes up on Bandcamp and they're all gone in the first week it, it's um, crazy there's a record label in Glasgow I think it's oh, last night from Glasgow or something like that and they're like they've not even been a label for 10 years yet and they're the joint you know like biggest like kind of gross and label in scotland and they're competing with rock action records which is the dudes in mogwai you're probably oh yeah yeah so they're competing with their label like and they're actually making more money on like physical sales because they are a they built their model around physical music yeah there's streaming and it's it's, it's working for them yeah there's a there's a massive surge for it now like like there's vinyls or like vinyls going all over the place i'm not prefer i'm i'm personally not a vinyl guy uh, the only time I'd ever really get one, and this is this is kind of like finger because I know if as soon as I get one, it will become an expensive hobby. Which That's is, exactly why. Which I'm is what from doing it. the only thing that I'm kind of thinking of is like you know like old school like hip hop production, where what they would do is they would put a record on a vinyl, put it into like a drum sampler, or plug the output of the vinyl into a drum sampler, press the vinyl, play it, and then record it into the drum sampler, and then just go. Dun, 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 like play the sample we're using the sampler and you, that's how you got like those like old school like authentic hip-hop like beats and stuff yeah like so. loops and stuff like yeah, yeah that's really cool but like obviously Bandcamp's been big for you guys I see you're pushing it quite a lot yeah I'm pretty sure I've pre-ordered the EP like um, before it came out anyway top 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 lad <laughs> But yeah, like obviously on the topic, like all these like bands and stuff that you're influenced by, or even bands that you, you just don't really. Like, is there anybody you really want to tour with? Like your dream lineup, and I know you listen to so much music. So, <laughs> okay. And 
I also know you're not a person who's going to adhere to genre restraints almost like all right if we're if we're talking dream 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 tours for me obviously i think it'd be me and johnny would be say like the dillinger escape plan uh, but but obviously they're broken up so we you know but dillinger is this very much like I'd, I'd fucking love to pretty much just all the bands are like me and johnny were proper inspired by like if it was like dillinger every time i die Norma Jean with Josh because Norma Jean with Corey. Ah, that's that's such a hard question. <laughs> um, oh, trust me, I know. Usually, I, I can I can list about ten because there's too many for one. You know, one tour. All right, do you know? All right, this will be a weird one, but I would love to tour with a hundred Gex. That would Any be particular reason for that one. <laughs> it'd be crazy. She just want, she just want Logan remixes. Oh, I, I want, I want Dylan Brady all over our production. I do not care, but I would. Oh, I think it would go down well. They have like two metal breakdowns on their records. We, we, we could make it work. And no, it's uh, like it's like um, that new Nothing Nowhere record when you dropped Death. Everybody's just listening to the first couple of singles and Death drops, and I was like, what the fuck? Where <laughs> did that breakdown come from? I remember I was sitting thinking. He's literally just written a harder breakdown than most of the metalcore bands. <laughs> it's true. It's you see it a lot. You see it a lot, especially now. Like, well, I I like to call it the uh, Travis Barker effect, where literally like every like like alt rap, SoundCloud rap, or like alt poppy person decides. You know what? Machine Gun Kelly did really good with that record. Money. Who did that? Travis Barker from Blink One Eighty Two. Ah. Yeah, go on then. Have you seen um, <laughs> Brendan Murphy from Counterparts? He put a TikTok up, right, but he shared it to all his social medias because I don't use TikTok. And it was like, he's like, pretending he's a label executive. He's like, hear me out. We're a pop punk record. And it's a bunch of like, people and like, uh uh-huh. And then he's like, and we're going to get Travis Barker on it. And we're like, oh, like that. And they start walking away. He's like, what? He's the only pop punk drummer. <laughs> it's so good, man. I think by the law, he's the only drummer in LA. He's the only one that people seem to work with. Fair play to him. The man has definitely earned yeah. the right to be that person. He was always, like, I think what actually helped him was when, you know, when Blink-182 broke up. Well, not broke up, but they kind of went on a bit of a hiatus. Mm-hmm. He started making hip-hop beats for rappers. So I feel like that's pretty much that was his in, wasn't it? When he's he, he had a bit of name, he started making beats for like um yeah, I like, forgot who it was. Good, but, that's the thing. Yeah. Above all else, he's he's genuinely good. He knows what he's doing. Yeah, I'd I'd still say like I'm not a massive fan of Machine Gun Kelly. Like I don't I not like not like as in like oh I don't like him, but is it like, because you wear comfy shoes? Is it's, that it? That is because I wear comfy shoes. No, but um, <laughs> no, but yo, MGK, if you're watching this, bro, I just got a new pair of Nike Air Max. Don't cry. <laughs> uh, I've got my Dark Martin somewhere. Don't worry. But uh, no, because I'd still say like, uh, like to give credit to like Travis Barker and how because it kind of stemmed after like the machine gun kelly stuff but the stuff that you know when like covid19 first hit and then like every week you saw something new off like travis barker and um mgk yeah retroly was it on like young bud and everything like he's done hopped on everybody's yeah. song at that point. but it was kind of like around that time where they those two guys were just doing everything it was just, it was just really cool to see just like just from like a standpoint of because they were like the first two musicians other than 
Mark Ribille, who's the um, if you know who, or Mark Ribille or Ribille. I'm gonna get scolded for not saying his name correctly, <laughs> but um, those two, like so, MGK and Travis Barker were the first two to kind of still be creating music when all this happened, like properly. Like there was quickly producing stuff and getting it out. They were like a form of entertainment while the world was kind of shutting down. And then there was Mark Rabille, who Rabille, Rabille, whatever. He was still doing, he was still touring, but he did like drive-in shows. You might have seen the videos of him, you know, the, um, are you are you aware of Mark Rabille? I actually don't think I know he's the. He's like, he has those YouTube videos of him, him in his room with like a looper and is um, like a keyboard and he's like in his underwear with like a poncho and it, the the famous one was he was like Is rapping he about like dark hair like, I think I know who, like, he's got like, really like dark brown hair and he, he is literally like a, an entertainer almost like YouTuber yeah he's um he did like the uh the the flamingo song where he was like I'm a flamingo <laughs> uh, it's He's another level, like crazy good musician. He's also Anthony Fantano's twin. But like, I remember seeing those two, I'm like, oh, people are still doing it. And the thing was, I was still working on our first record when all that was happening. I, I, like the tracking was done, I just needed to do vocals. And I was just at the time, I was like, oh, I, uh, you know, proper unmotivated to do anything. But then like after the scene stuff like that, I'm like, I'm, you know what? We're, we're gonna drop a record. We're gonna drop our debut record during lockdown. Why not? That and must then... have helped a lot, though. Like, I, I know that with our situation, probably a little bit different from a lot of bands. A lot of bands couldn't go and record. It's the fact that we like pretty much recorded everything except for drums, oof, oof. <laughs> and that our producer oh, no. was drumming on our EP, so we had to get into a space where we could actually record drums well. Mm. It, and they couldn't for a long time, so it took about ten months to get any masters back because of it yeah. but obviously like with you guys you know you had the means to get your record done and put it out so that's yeah it's also called cool. yeah also get good drums as a savior but uh yeah, talk about yeah, that I, I actually um i was talking about baseball that's a while ago and i spoke to quite a few people it's very popular in this scene like, i mean, i won't name the band just because it takes away the magic of you know the music for a lot of people but one band tell me yeah we don't use live drums we just use i'm just like i'm sorry what <laughs> I, I didn't even know i'm a musician i've been studying music for about seven yeah. years now i didn't even know the best one is uh there's a band from manchester called uh coprocephalic mutation there we go uh they're a slam band from manchester it's a two-piece nice of a off the tongue oh they are um, they're fun they are a vocalist and a guitarist and on the band page it says drummer the laptop been there oh my god man <laughs> we've been there so like we've been through quite a lot of drummers right to be honest and we've done a couple of guys with like you know drum machine samples and stuff yeah and on our main page we are just like the drummer is literally a picture of our laptops great <laughs> amazing got to do what you got to do man <laughs> Yeah, you got you got to. If honestly, if get good drums didn't existed or didn't exist, or if there wasn't any like drum softwares, or it's game over for like ninety percent of all modern metalcore bands, which is crazy to think. Make pogcore great again. Make pogcore great again. Get good I mean, drums, start a pack. 
<laughs> exactly, man. No, right. Uh, I also know that the boys in downsides, they, um, they are quite DIY as well. I've had a few yeah. conversations with Chris about that. It's really inspiring to see like a lot of bands are just kind of taking their, I guess, their production, their creative control of that into their own hands. And in a nice way, like, I'm jealous. Like, I've always kind of had it in my brain that like, conforming to the industry standard and stuff was just what you had to do. But there's a lot of bands just changing it up and yeah you gotta, um, there's a thing that i kind of go for when it terms of like music production and this is more of like a it's like a mix thing or kind of not really a mix thing but it's a thing when you're working on a record when you work on a record there's some styles that fit bands some that don't like um problem is when you listen to a lot of the music that you do listen to a lot of it's either put out by a record label or put out by this and it's super polished and super clean or super like the image is perfect and all this stuff but like you kind of it makes people go into the music industry and I was in a similar ballpark where I thought I, everything has, has to be polished everything must be this everything must be a certain way everything must be our images must be like this our photography must be this and you know all that stuff but it's kind of like eventually you just kind of free ball it and see what works with you and then you kind of, and then from there, you kind of like, yeah, there we go. Done. Don't need to think about like what our style is, like what our vibe is, what our aesthetic is, what our, it is anymore. And we don't, you don't need to really conform to an industry standard then essentially. I've always said this, if there's something you can do that gets you the result that you want and it doesn't involve any industry standard equipment or gear or look or whatever, it doesn't matter doesn't matter if you've got what you want there you go done that, that's it man that's it, exactly hit the nail on the head with it just it, it, it's, it's, i think a lot of people do forget it. it's just about enacting your vision you're like it's with artists you have to like art in general is your it's vision or yeah yeah subjective and it's your vision it's what you want to paint on that canvas so yeah it's best to just go ahead and do it isn't it yeah definitely man well, listen, thank you for coming on to like, obviously talk about where we're in and stuff. Before I get you to plug your socials, are you everything you expected to be? Okay. <laughs> that is the hardest question. You knew it was coming. <laughs> you knew it. Mate, the smirk on my face when I realised I got to say that fucking pun. When I, when I first hit you up and I was like, I'm gonna, oh. need a, I'm gonna need a little like a subheading or something for this pod because it's like there's we're gonna talk about a lot of stuff and there's gonna be so many little quotes and stuff I could pull from it but when I watched it I was like oh I forgot I know exactly oh god I cannot wait to see his face drop with utter misery <laughs> when I <laughs> when I do that <laughs> amazing um this is um this is this is if you have like a YouTube this is being clipped immediately we'll put it on our <laughs> socials we don't have to, honestly Mate, I'll, I'll, I'll send you the audio I'll, you can just oh. i'll put it i'll put it in a lo-fi beat and see where it gets <laughs> <laughs> oh just oh god just take my voice and shove it through actual chains of reverb. we'll put it in our next song <laughs> <laughs> oh the beauty of talking to a production <laughs> ah. <I'm scared> most. <laughs> Joy, I try. I try. Thank you. <laughs> Honestly, thank you for coming on. And where can everyone find you? I know where to find you. 
So on Facebook, we're Lurin Band. On Twitter, we're Lurin Band. On Instagram, we're Lurin Band. It's pretty much all Lurin Band. You can Google us and we're actually, we actually do come up before a... Well, we come up if you put Lurin Band. If you put Lurin on Google, it'll end up saying um, a bunch of fish stuff. So <laughs> avoid that. Uh, Lurin, fish, band. Lurin Band. Lurin band, unless like there's some now band to uh, like there's like a rubber band to help with fishing rods, then we are out of business completely. Um, but yeah, we um, <laughs> search engine out. Yeah, we um, we'll we'll have to rebrand if that happens. But yeah, Lurin band on pretty much everything. Um, Lurin on like obviously on like Facebook and like, not Facebook like Spotify and everything. You find it. We've dropped our record with Worm Hero, so. You could probably even research Worm Hero and find us. So, yeah, that's all our social. So many possibilities. Yeah, so many possibilities. It's um, it also just look for the boys. Yeah, look in the boys in blue and definitely not cops. And we're not talking about Wigan. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we yeah, were talking we were, about Wigan. But we um, that's for is a football podcast that's that comes out next week. Yeah. <laughs> That's on the podcast. Yeah, the podcast. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh, right, thank, thank you, you so much, man.